It's impossible to miss the intense, headline-grabbing debate that has surrounded artificial intelligence. Our growing adoption of AI and what the technology could mean for our society and economy has sparked spirited discussions and sometimes heated disagreements from corporate boardrooms and labor meetings to the halls of Congress and the European Union. But here's one thing we can all agree on. AI has a major trust problem. Recent surveys find that many people in the US, the EU, and the United Kingdom are uneasy about AI and even fearful of its consequences. As with any powerful technology, they're not completely wrong. If not deployed responsibly, misuse of AI could cause serious problems. In recent months, that tension focused on the social, political, economic, and privacy risks associated with generative AI, which is used to create original text, images, and other content based on the data on which it's trained. I'm Jim Daly, a contributing writer for Politico Focus. And today, on a special branded episode of Power Play, presented by IBM, we're talking about how AI can be made more trustworthy. This conversation is coming just following the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, one of the most elite global gatherings of corporate and policy leaders, where AI was top of mind and top of the agenda. Let's not forget that AI is also a very significant opportunity. If used in a responsible way. I feel like the pace will feel like it's still accelerating to most of us because of the number of innovations. There are multiple other endeavors that one can undertake in this world of AI, which is to solve really hard, important, aspirational problems. We think the vast majority of the American public will buy into AI because of what they will see in the quality of life that can be improved. Politico and PowerPlay were at Davos all last week. And it was clear that political and business leaders all feel that there's no time to waste in getting AI right. A recent poll by the IBM Institute for Business Value finds that 75% of those surveyed believe that companies with the most advanced generative AI will have a distinct competitive advantage. But how can businesses and society push forward this AI revolution while still retaining consumer and employee trust? No one understands that tension more than Rob Thomas, who has a knack for looking around corners. As Senior Vice President of Software at IBM, Rob leads the company's software business, including product design, product development, and business development for all of IBM's AI solutions, including the Watson X platform. And he's here to give us a sense of what business and political leaders should pay attention to when it comes to rolling out AI responsibly. Rob, welcome, and thanks so much for joining us today on this special branded episode of PowerPlay. Jim, great to be with you. Nice to see you again. Really look forward to this discussion. Let's start with a big one. We know that there is a tension around the potential for AI to transform the world. What does a best case business scenario for the future of AI look like? AI is without a doubt the single largest value creation opportunity that any of us will see in our lifetimes. So I'm incredibly optimistic about what is possible here. In fact, we've seen three use cases that have really jumped to the top in terms of businesses getting value from AI. Number one is digital labor, automating repetitive tasks. AI does an incredible job of that. Second is customer service. By definition, every business has customers. You can serve them more efficiently, more intimately. Third use case has been around code. Generative AI can increase productivity 30 to 50% in a very short period of time. And so as a CEO, if you're thinking through, how do I get AI to have an impact in my business? I think it's going to start with one of those three use cases. And I understand the scenario of, could this replace jobs? What I would say is we've been automating work for hundreds of years, if you go back to things like farming. And every time a new class of jobs emerge, and 
as a entire planet, we become more productive. There's no reason to think AI will be any different than that. So I view the most optimistic case as productivity increasing. Could we actually see GDP double? Possibly. And if you think about all the positive that comes with growth, I think that is an incredible opportunity for all of us on the basis of AI. Okay, now bringing it back to the present, since the 2022 rollout of ChatGPT, which in the popular imagination signified the arrival of AI, surveys have found that in places like the US, people's confidence in AI has actually declined. What's happened? I think there are a couple different worlds here, and it's very important to distinguish this. If you look at the consumer realm, I do think there's been a loss of trust. Companies have been unclear on sources of data, how the data will be used. I think many consumers feel like this is potentially a violation of privacy. So from a consumer lens, trust has broken down. On the other side, if you look at the business world or B2B, I would actually say trust has increased because as you take technology like generative AI and your tuning models based on your data, you actually get much better answers because doing this in an automated fashion, by definition, is going to be more accurate than the manual work that was being done previously. So I see it as two sides of, of a coin. The coin is AI. One side is consumer world, trust has gone down. In the business world, I see trust going up. And that's a really important distinction to make. Davos made rebuilding trust the theme of this year. And AI was one of four topic areas. What does that say about its importance? People will always look to a forum like Davos as a way to identify the leaders. Who are the people that are doing this right? And this is why for IBM, it was really important that we err on the side of transparency. So a couple months ago, we released all the data sources that we use for training Watson X, our generative AI. And we think that's the kind of leadership that Davos is going to look for. Because the way to solve the trust problem is through transparency. And it's through actions. It's it's not through words. So how do we rebuild trust in AI? Let's start with business leaders who feel like they can't yet trust AI in creating business solutions. What do you say to them? AI is only as good as data. And when I talk to business leaders, that's why I encourage them to think about what is your trust in your own data? Because if you're confident in your own data, then you can be very confident in the AI, assuming that you're going to be using your data to train AI for your business. So I think it's a really important item to distinguish between AI and data. If you're managing the inputs, meaning the data, you can be very confident in the outputs. We also hear a lot about responsible AI, and let's get specific. What does that mean, and how do you spot the difference between responsible AI and irresponsible AI? It starts with transparency. You cannot claim responsibility around AI if you're not willing to disclose how decisions are being made, what were the sources of data, Second, and this is related to regulations, as we've looked at regulations, we've been consistent that we should regulate the use of AI, but not necessarily the AI itself. Why is that important? Like any technology, it can be used for bad. And you can see that in some of the consumer use cases where it becomes you know, a data privacy issue. But you don't really see that in a B2B sense, because again, in the B2B world, it's largely companies using their own data. So responsible AI to me, is really about, do you understand the inputs? Do you provide transparency on the inputs? And then can you live up to the standards around responsible AI, which is how it's utilized and how it's um, 
used in the real world. At this stage, AI can't be an afterthought for companies that want to stay ahead. So what types of guiding principles should businesses live up to as they embed AI into the core of their business strategy? At IBM, our focus is on AI for business. We are trying to do AI that will make your business better and make your employees more productive. With Watson X, we've delivered the only enterprise generative AI platform from how you build models to how you manage your data to governance. So by working with IBM and Watson X, you become the AI creator as opposed to just being a consumer of AI. At the end of 2023, we released technology called WatsonX.Governance. And as I talk to clients around the world, probably the thing that has drawn many of them to Watson X and what we are doing with generative AI is this notion of governance. They know if they're using Watson X.Governance, then their AI is safe. If they're not, then it's a question mark. And I'd say this topic is too important for anybody to leave it up to a question mark. IBM and Morning Consult recently did an AI adoption index, which found that 81% of tech professionals project that consumers will be more likely to choose services from companies with transparent and ethical AI practices. So we know rebuilding trust is good for business. What can businesses do to ease public fears and get wide-scale public buy-in? We did recently complete this AI survey. I would say the data point that struck me the most was nearly 50%, I think 44% to be precise, of large-scale companies are actively deploying AI in their business. And that's up 2 to 3x over the last few years. So that says to me that something truly is happening here, which is, I think, very encouraging to see. But then you jump into, okay, so what's the barriers? So for the 50, 55% that are not yet, it comes down to skills, complexity of data, and then ultimately ethical concerns. Can I trust the AI? Those barriers can be overcome with technology today. We've released WatsonX.Governance, which will solve the ethical concerns. Data complexity can be overcome with technology. Limited skills. Many of these tasks that have traditionally been manual can also be automated with AI. So these barriers can be overcome. You know, businesses are always innovating, releasing these innovations to the public. How should the deployment of AI technology be handled differently than other types of technology? Is there something unique about AI to keep in mind? I don't think AI as technology is fundamentally different from other technology. I think what is unique here is governance has to happen at the same time that you're deploying, not as an afterthought. Now, if I think about the history of technology, things like data governance typically came two to five years after the data project. With AI, that's not going to be acceptable. Governance is going to have to be something that occurs as you deploy, not after you deploy. That is the biggest difference here. Let's talk about policymakers. What role should they play in these discussions? And how should businesses work with policymakers here? I think it is important to have policymakers in the room, part of the dialogue, and setting the right guidelines. I think it's very important that we think about how do we set the right policies and regulate the use of AI, but not AI itself. We need innovation to flourish. And the minute you start to create a licensing regime or say some models are allowed, some models are not allowed, you're no longer allowing open innovation. So I disagree with the notion of policymakers regulating the technology itself. That said, I think policymakers play a key role in regulating the use of the technology. In the case of consumer use cases or use cases that could violate privacy standards, it's really important we have policymakers leading that discussion and ensuring that the right decisions are made. So it's a big distinction between legislation that against the technology 
versus the use of the technology. We are big supporters of regulation focused on the use of the technology, but not the technology itself. The EU seems to be racing ahead of U.S. lawmakers on this issue of AI regulation. In December, the EU ratified the AI Act, which has set a new global benchmark for countries seeking to harness the potential benefits of AI while trying to protect against its possible risks. How important is the AI Act and What else would you like to see from the EU? What's needed? I think the EU AI Act was appropriate because it did speak to the notion of regulating the use of AI as opposed to the technology itself. In the same vein, it was also a very positive statement for open source and allowing open innovation around AI, which which I think is critical. If you think about the history of technology, open source has been one of the biggest drivers of innovation. It's also been self-policing. And we don't want to see anything from a regulator that would diminish the role that open source can play in AI. And I think the EU AI Act nailed that. I think in terms of where we go from here, it's probably continuing to draw this line between consumer use cases and business use cases. I think that's an important line of distinction. The EU was obviously famous and well-regarded for the work on GDPR and data protection. I think there's probably even more to consider around data and the role that data plays in training AI and tuning AI. And I think we can look to the EU to continue to be a leader here. What about the US? Congress has yet to take any major steps forward on AI regulation, but clearly AI regulations are coming. What role should business play to make sure Congress sets appropriate guardrails around this technology? I think the thing we should all be careful of and cautious of is companies that are pursuing what what I would call regulatory capture. They're lobbying the government to create a licensing regime that will dictate which companies are the winners, which companies are the losers. That is not good for innovation. That is not good for capitalism. That is not good for, for growth in the country. So as we engage in Washington, we're advocating against that notion of regulatory capture or even allowing it and really encouraging the notion of open innovation with transparency. We're only at the beginning of a new AI era, which has already opened the door to many possibilities that we could not have imagined just a few years ago. Last week at Davos and in the ongoing global conversation, trust seems paramount. But let's look out two years. Where will the discussion around AI be focused next? And looking beyond the conversation about trust, what about the promise of AI? What excites you the most about the future of this technology? There's a reason why AI was such a focus of the conversation in Davos. First off, this is a deflationary shock that I don't think the world has ever seen in any of our lifetimes, meaning that the cost of expertise in some cases is now zero. Secondly, and this is related to the kind of discussion at Davos, everybody's thinking about growth. Whether you're a government or a business, you're thinking about growth. So where does growth come from? It tends to be a combination of three things. It's your population growth plus your productivity growth plus your debt growth, financing, being able to get get capital. And the issue that most countries face today is population growth is not happening. With AI, that effectively becomes a way to augment a decline or a flatline in population. You can see a way where we get to a point where global growth increases at a rate that we've never seen in our lifetimes. I'm very optimistic that's possible, but it will require application of technology and AI at a level that we've never seen before. 
Rob Thomas is Senior Vice President, IBM Software. Rob, thank you for your insights, and I hope you enjoyed the week at Davos. Jim, great to be with you. Thank you for your time. You've been listening to a special branded episode brought to you by IBM of Politico's Power Play podcast. I'm Jim Daly for Politico Focus.